Good day to all our listeners. Today, we are sitting here with Joy Mayer, and we are hoping to discuss uh, a little further about social cohesion in the country as it stands in South Africa. Uh, hello, Joy. Hi. Um, so, my name is Joy, as you've obviously heard. I'm a PhD researcher at the Northwest University, where we got funding from the National Research Foundation um, to study music and social cohesion. So especially in the South African higher music education realm. And so we're involved in a couple of music programs in the local community. And so as part of my PhD studies, I'm part of, I'm involved at three community music programs and I'm really passionate about it. And obviously also being engaged in the local community comes with certain challenges and especially um, since social cohesion is such a big part of a project, I, I find that fascinating how the two aspects connect. So I look forward to discussing that with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what exactly do you do within those set communities? Okay, so um, we do something called culturally responsive teaching. Yes. So the whole concept of culturally responsive teaching is the students decide what they want to do. Yeah. So it is also dependent on the context. So I am involved in two local primary schools. So the one primary school is students aged four, four to seven. So that's already a big, big age difference, yeah. <laughs> especially if kids are so young. And then at the other, other um, primary school, I'm teaching, um, working with grade four to seven. So that's age 10 to 13. And then at the others, other community um, sites, I'm involved with mostly high school students, but anybody is invited to participate. We have an open door policy. And so, yeah, so the, the, the one primary school I haven't really, like my um, co-supervisor has been taking the lead there, so I haven't really... Is that the, the four to seven one? Yeah, so I haven't really found my fitting there yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping to go there on my own mm -hmm. so I can um, actually collect data for my <laughs> PhD. PhD yeah. And um, so the one, the grade four to sevens, it has been working, I've been working with them really well. I'm actually really sad that my colleague resigned. Oh, unfortunate. Okay. Yes, because I was really, we had a really good working relationship. So I was really sad when I heard. Yeah. But anyway, and so um, the um, I've been using a um, Dalkaros-inspired approach. So Dalkaros was like a Swiss guy. Yeah. He actually spent a year in Algeria, yes. interestingly enough. So there's this whole debate. Is it a European method? Is it an African method? That is time in Algeria. It could be a little bit of both. Yeah. Yes. So... Um, so he devised this whole music education method that combines music and movement. Yes. So he focused on the rhythmical, the, the melodic, and also the improvisational aspects of music through movement. Yes. And so because I'm not formally trained in this method or approach, um, I refer to it as a Dalkers inspired approach. So yes. my PhD will be seeing if this approach can facilitate social cohesion. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then speaking about social cohesion, um, 
So you did give me a little bit of homework to do, and I'm so <laughs> glad that I got that. Um, so in looking into it and what it means, uh, a few elements showed up frequently, mm-hmm. um, such as trust, um, such mm-hmm. as unity, and such as togetherness. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're looking for really a society that is um, more united and that is bound together by some adhesive of sorts. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are we looking at, or rather, what is what, according to your research, um, the best definition of social cohesion? Well, um, I'm still busy with that part of my yes. research, okay. looking at the literature and everything. But the, um, the two following quotes, I think, is really important in the South African context, because a lot of a lot of a lot of papers talk about, you know, cultural homogeneity. Yes. And cultural diversity being kind of a threat to social cohesion. Yes. So I would like to highlight in that light the following two statements. So the first statement is by Janssen et al. Therefore, the focus of social cohesion needs to shift from consensus to the art of coping with diversity. And I think that's really important. Like, mm. I mean, we're not always going to find consensus yes. if we have like 11 official languages and so many different kinds of <laughs> tribes and ra- um, races, yeah, like yeah you can yeah. say, <laughs> coming together. So, and I think what also echoes is like um, also the burns it all from the Southern Africa. Southern Africa Labor Unit and Development Research Unit yeah. um, from UCT, they have a very good um, definition also. Social cohesion is the extent to which people are cooperative yes. within and across group boundaries without cohesion or pur- purely self-interested motivation. So That was my, actually one of my favorites. That yeah. One yeah. So that's... Um, exactly where my interest lies within the whole social cohesion field is the is cultural diversity and the role that it plays in social cohesion, especially because working with music, it is such a cultural, culturally specific and embedded practice. Yes. And, you know, also like, and I do want to bring race relations into it because I am a white person engaging in black communities. Yes. And I mean, I feel like an outsider because I don't know that much traditional music. So that also connects with the culturally responsive teaching. What music do I use? Do I use something that is totally foreign to everybody? Or do I try to incorporate local music? How? This is one of the big questions I think I will ask throughout the research process is... Yeah, how does culture and music connect? And I'd say, you know, on that same regard, I remember we actually had this conversation, but it was very brief. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in order to bring about that social cohesion, the best thing would be to kind of try to bridge the gap by allowing people to be themselves and to express themselves in the way that they're used to first and foremost, before expanding to maybe a different, a different um, dimension, a different channel through which they can express themselves culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can have something that's foreign that can bring people together, but then it's not going to be easily accepted. People are more likely to accept that which is already theirs and then share that. 
So I feel like I can commend you as well already for the fact that you're willing to go into that, in, into that space, into the community, and then say, what is your music? How does this get performed and how can we interact? So that's definitely necessary, but I honestly think like it's, it's, it's definitely the first step towards having that understanding of how these cultures can come together. So with that though, um, um, we, you actually mentioned uh, Sisonke Msima, who is now a favorite of both of us. And um, she actually, it was, it was towards, I believe the end of a TED talk that she gave in Soweto. Uh, she was quoting Aristotle. No, 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 that wasn't even towards that TED talk. It was a different, separate performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that quote of Aristotle, she said, between friends, there is no need for justice, but people who are just still need the quality of friendship. And indeed, friendliness is considered to be justice in its fullest sense. So I feel like just with regards to sharing those cultures and sharing our views and sharing our music and, and the way we dance and express ourselves, um, that can be facilitated more fully in a sense of friendship in a sense of, you know what, the next person cares as much about what I'm going through and who I am as I do, right? And that also um, relates to um, what authors such as Silverman says about community music being, um, you know, it should, it should come from a place of love and also care. Mm. I mean, and I think, and I, th- and I hope that through the commu- this being involved in the communities that it can just bring a little bit of hope and love and it I mean for example one thing that really jumps to mind is that the one primary school the there are two kids from that are staying at a local orphanage and some of the kids were really kind of like oh they stay there and I was just like okay no I have to make sure that like I had to address that yeah. and so I invited from um, people, people from the orphanage, and they actually attended the, our end of the year concert, and I'm yeah. so happy to hear that because I think it must be really bad when other people have parents attending and you don't necessarily have yes. someone supporting you in that way. So I think I really do try to come from a place of friendship and also authenticity like I know like I've already made a few mistakes <laughs> yeah. like I mean but I then I just say sorry and I don't make them again <laughs> yeah it's important so, yeah. so I think and that's also like the one quote I also want to um that I want to read also from Sison Kim's Mang um um Kaiser in the um in his um, podcast about Johnny Clegg and social cohesion, mentioned her um, Sisonke Mung's um, Ruth First Lecture. And the specific quote that he, he um, mentioned in the podcast um, is the following. There needs to be an, a deep commitment to a robust ethical notion of friendship that has to be the basis of true cross-racial solidarity and relationships before we will live in a society where black and white people get along. Yeah. Mm. So I think, you know, having, having that, that robust ethical notion, I think is something that really, that I have 
in the back of my mind and I don't I don't that's why I say authenticity I think connects to the ethical side and the ethical notion because I don't I I, I don't always have the answers but yeah. I think I'm trying <laughs> yeah and yeah ethics is such a such a deep and complex subject especially especially with the work that I'm doing we constantly have the ethics as as researchers especially you have to have the ethical ethical things in line when you are in the field when you are engaging with people yeah and she also raises the most important question especially to white people in this lecture and she mentions three words are you just yeah and that just, like, I feel like, especially when we're talking about social justice and especially through music, can we, can we get to that point where everything is just when more than half of our population is living in poverty and, you know, there's still, there's still privile racial privileges at play, like, we're still not on the same playing field. Yes. And so... I think I think the, the, the ethics really and just the ethical notion of just like being a South African, you know, coming you know, we have more I think I think like I've been fortunate enough to live abroad as well and I do think we do have a lot more civic responsibility than other people have in other other countries. Definitely, like, definitely. if we don't protest, we don't say, "Hey, I'm against gender-based violence." Like, if we make our voices heard, like nothing really happens. Yeah. So I think that also kind of like, and that also brings me back to social cohesion because civic participation, like through protesting and voting, is also part of social cohesion. Yeah. And. I think in the South African context, that is really, really important. And that's like when you trace back our history, I mean, youth day, I mean, Sharpeville, like, you know, people have protested and stood up for like Women's Day, Lillian yeah. Goy and all those amazing women and men just like protested against the passport. Like, I mean, like just when I can't wrap my, round about, my mind about like, people actually having passbooks. Like I went to the Apartheid Museum now recently on Heritage Day with my two Swedish friends who were visiting and there was like these amazing performance art pieces also referring to Winnie and also to the gender-based violence issues. And it was just, it was really, really beautiful and really profound to share that experience with my friends. Interestingly enough, Apartheid Museum has free entrance on Heritage Day for people yeah, who I haven't think. been. There's no excuses. I actually don't know. Okay, <laughs> now we know. Yeah. So. And apparently, I think Constitution Hill too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. On I Heritage stand corrected. Day. I stand corrected, but we'll I think we'll so. <laughs> no, that's also, another really fair. important museum to go and visit. It was like I nearly cried. It was so intense. Like just to think what people went through. Just See, to, that right there, yes, that right there is actually something I was thinking about before this. Um, that, you know, okay, so for, for, for the purpose of just phrasing it as, as, as briefly as I can, mm. um, I'd say that society as it is today makes 
um, the experience of being a black person uncomfortable and inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And it would take, even, in, even with regards to the quote that you read, just that, that level of, you know what, these people feel uncomfortable as a result of situations that are outside of their, their responsibility, or rather that are outside of their control. And it takes people who are in a, in a slightly more privileged um, position to then put themselves in a state of discomfort, put themselves in a state of mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. okay, now this is inconvenient for me. But then in, in, in order mm -hmm. to, to fully understand or come closer to understanding and then, you know, garner that trust, I feel like it's necessary. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but I mean like, we are yeah, in a position yeah, where yeah. We, we constantly feel like um, there's a constant uphill mm -hmm. battle, you know? So in, or, in order for us to understand one another, someone else needs to then say, you know what, let me try to, to feel this discomfort. Instead of running away from it, yeah, let me yeah, now yeah. feel something similar to what the next person is feeling. Let me empathize somewhat um, because sympathy might be difficult to achieve, but empathy, you know, just putting yourself yeah. in someone else's mm -hmm. shoes, I think can, can really help in, in us getting that um, or getting this result that we're seeking. But then the question then would be, do we feel like friendship comes first or a common purpose comes first. Um, I'm asking this because, you know, we, we, just, we just came through and we won the World Cup, you know. Mm. And so the way I see it, you know, there's a common purpose first and foremost. And now people are somewhat, you know, it might be brief. It might be a few seconds, but people mm. are more mm. willing to, to accommodate and to speak to one another, you know. And then that might lead to friendship. But would you say that, you know, that can be interchangeable or there's one that should follow the other? So friendship or purpose? I mean, united purpose, common purpose. Are you talking about this in terms of social cohesion? Or just yes, that would lead to that. Okay. Firstly, the feminist in me wants also to congratulate the Naples team for course, winning the World Championship. Yes, yes. And also, Gerdas Stein, who qualified for the Olympics at the New York Marathon, yeah, like yeah. your important, like, it's very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's also mention that. Mm -hmm. um, well, I do hope that music can also come to the same platform as rapping yeah. and sports to create social. And it should. I think it should. Yeah. But um, regarding now the World Cup win, like I've been, and then I don't know. I just watched the highlights. Mm. But I think from a really South African and historical kind of like point of view, like, I mean, I mean, having a black captain win, I think, you know, and see a Khaleesi story, like, I don't want it to be inspiration porn or anything, but I do think it's amazing. Yeah. And also the fact, <laughs> come on, like, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but I do think the fact that he also like, um, he's taking care of his siblings, like, I think that's just like, I think that's just like a really incredible role role model that he that he is, and I feel I want to acknowledge that as well. Yeah. And yeah, even though people have criticized, you know, the soul stories and inspiration porn, like, yeah, but yeah. that aside, mm -hmm. and I do also think it's really cool that it was only two people of color that scored scored tries for the first time. <laughs> the, in the, the and then. Yes, actually, in the South African World Cup history, it was a black person who scored a try at the yeah. final for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and I also think 
Rasi Erasmus, like like I said before we started now recording, I think he 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 put things into perspective. Like I mean, by saying like you know what is Persian now really? These people in South Africa that have a lot more important like life altering pressures. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's just like they 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 did a good job. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think they did it for the right reasons. And I and there's a really brilliant article on The Guardian that that speaks about like, you know, there was so much more for the South Africans in in that game than just the winning. Game, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, I just really want music to be to, to create the same kind of national cohesion and bring like I do believe that music like okay can also tear people apart like we have Steve Wolfmeyer and Mark North and yes, yes. music video that's been very controversial yeah. <laughs> but I do believe like I mean we had a very nice concert by the university choir um, the, the music department choir they just sang a few Christmas carols and it was just really like at the um, community centre that I'm involved in and it was just so nice having everybody there and you know, just singing and also just creating a nice vibe mm. in the year on literally a high note yeah. <laughs> and so I, d- I have experienced in my life that like music has brought social cohesion in my life like I worked in Artichville for six years and that was just that taught me like <laughs> how to teach yeah <laughs> and that was not some of the easiest circumstances I mean you were sitting with a little child consoling a little crying child while you're trying to help a kid bow, bow his violin properly it's quite a lot <laughs> yeah it was some of the most most challenging contexts to teach at but it was the most rewarding and so I'll be joining them next week at their um, end of the year concerts. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think we have to look at different sources for cohesion because we really just do need it mm. now mm. more than ever. Definitely, definitely. So what I'm getting, especially from like the fact that you're mentioning music and different sources, it would be that we are united first by the common cause. And then from that, we can develop relationships that then, you know, form the friendships mm-hmm. that are necessary for that kind of cohesion. Yeah, because shared activities and shared goals do promote social cohesion. And so especially if you're having diverse people, but because social values, shared social values are also seen as a source of cohesion. Yes. So when you have diverse people, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, you have to bring them together with something. Yeah, and that also a lot of authors also um, bring in the whole concept of Ubuntu. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, that's, I hope like the, the shared goal of making music and the shared activity of making music, doing it together will promote social cohesion. Hopefully we can have another podcast when I'm done with of my course, PhD. Of course, yeah. And then I can <laughs> tell you a little bit more of what I found and what my experiences were. I'm still my fresh 
a fresh PhD student, so mm, it's still tricky now. It's still yeah, and so oh, it's better than it was when I just started. Like I built a bit of trust. Yeah. And like you know, tr- trust is key. So as Without you, yeah. So just so people know you're coming back, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I think you know what what's interesting is in one of the the articles um, that you sent and in, in, in the videos I've been watching. Um, with reference to trust as well. It feels like it's, it's, it's very important to, to make people understand or to help people understand that we're not, or rather that you're not going at them from a position of power. Like you're not, you're not strong arming them into it, but you're coming in as an equal. You're coming in as a friend. You're coming in as a person who cares about them. Because it's, it's, it's something that's very interesting for me, especially to see that a lot of the things that are meant to help a group of people tend to be from, look, we're helping these people. So it, it, it kind of, it doesn't empower the people being helped, you know? Mm-hmm. But then if you're working with people, if you mm-hmm. see them as your equals, then you are then able to say, we're together in this. And they, they're able then to trust you. Yeah, um, firstly, like, I think it's like that story, like where people built, built like, a, I think, um, I, don't, I can't even remember which community, but the story goes that they built, built like a water well yeah. for, for in a community. Mm. And then the people ended up not using it because the women enjoyed the social interaction of walking together t- towards the river to get their water. Oh, so that was more important yeah, than yeah. yeah, Yeah, and so especially that connects with the fact that you have to do, you have to know, know, know the community and also you have to um, involve the community in what you are doing. Yeah. So I think that also that reflects back to what I said about cultural responsive teaching. That means you, you acknowledge what people bring to the table. Definitely. Like, the, like in this case, the musical knowledge people bring, yeah. bring from outside. And, you know, so you, don't, you, you work with that and you consider that and you also include that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think that's why it's important to build trust, so you know what is expected and of you and what they need. And also, I think that's very good communication. Always, like I had a really good meeting with the site manager at the community center that I worked at, and I'm just like, okay, what do we want for next year? I'm like, oh, I want to be in the local community a bit more with concerts. If you have yeah. any ideas. If you know about places, because she obviously knows the community in which yes, she works. You have to. So, yeah. so, um, so, so I'm like, and so we just like brainstormed a few ideas. She was like, oh, I need a choir conductor. I organized for one for her. Okay, <laughs> and yeah. so sent an email to help her get gym instructors and whatnot. So, so yeah, so I think good communication and building trust and also just, yeah, communication and trust is very important. But connecting back to the power relations will they ever will be i don't know like what the historical and social context of south africa will we ever be equals or will they always be a power relation i think i think the power relation itself you know power is something that's going to exist regardless but it's important to make people feel valued and not feel like they're not empowered themselves um like we can, we can we can say that you know one is in control but the other one still has an influence over what happens and that can allow for 
a lot more progress, I'd say. I mean, it's, it's, it's very complicated, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre- this is a very, very, now, now we're very, getting very, very deep here. <laughs> it's very complicated, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think, like, no one wants, okay, so for, which is going to be a very, very difficult thing in and of itself as well. For, for instance, think about it this way. When you are in a position where, and we already said this is all hypothetical, but we're saying you're, you're in a position as joy, as you are now, you're in a position where someone has done something to you, wronged you in one way or another. And because of that, you hold some kind of grudge, some kind of resentment. And maybe we can even put it like purely academics. We can say that, you know, a lecturer or someone hasn't been the most, the most helpful mm-hmm. um, and doesn't really assist you in any way, shape or form. Right? And as a result, you're kind of set back. You're, you're behind everyone else in your class. Now, with that being said, right, when you now are, are making this necessary steps, when you are now trying to uplift yourself and do all the work by yourself because you're feeling like there's no help, the moment that that person then turns back and says, okay, listen, don't worry about it. That was just, that was something small. Now I can help you. Now I can work with you. It's going to be difficult for you to really accept that assistance, and with that very like basic analogy, I feel like a lot of a lot of black people in particular feel like, you know, it's difficult to accept help from someone who they feel placed them in the position they're in in the first place. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's that's yeah. like that's not our generation. But I, I just want to say, like, I don't want to make us feel awkward or anything. Yeah, That's not I mean, our generation. We I didn't mean, make each other feel that way. We're simply recipients of what happened in the past. Yes. I yes. mean, let's not erase, erase that fact that we're still living, that apartheid still has a tremendous legacy yeah. in our country. Mm. But I mean, like, that. that's one thing I was thinking about that I do want to say, and this might be a little... A little bit controversial. Hey man, say what you want to say. <laughs> you know, I just like I've been thinking a lot about the concept of white guilt and how people like black people don't have time for it. Like I know. Uh, yeah, it's the <laughs> like, funniest yeah, thing. Yeah. But anyway, and so, and I and I'm just trying to like kind of let go of the whole white guilt concept because mm. there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm just like okay, so that wasn't too. Provocative. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, defensive listening, most probably. Anyway, um, but um, you know, I do acknowledge that I have privileges and I try to make the best of it and do mm. the best that I can yeah. from a position of privilege. I guess that's all you can do. Yeah, no, like the thing is, I think it's it's a very dangerous game to play to try to dictate the the feelings or the guilt of someone else. So without a doubt, that's like ridiculous. I don't, I don't agree with it. But what I'm saying with that is just that it's important to understand that when people aren't as receptive mm-hmm. to someone, um, especially like between the white and black, you know, mm-hmm. uh, relation, um, it's, it's that it's usually something along those lines. It's usually just that, you know what, man, I feel like you've, you know, there's the resentment that's held from knowing or from thinking that, you know what, you're where you are now because of whoever came mm-hmm. prior to this time. And, you know, that, that creates that gap, right? So mm-hmm. that's not to say that 
you know, anyone should feel guilty now. That's simply to say, we need to now say, do you acknowledge that it's, it's reality? And then mm. how do we work together towards empowering, you know, the ones who don't have it? And that's why I was saying, you know, I completely get the fact that power is something that is mm. constant and mm. is very complicated. Mm. Mm. Um, but understanding that it's very difficult to accept help from someone you feel is the cause of your struggle is very tricky. So I think it's important to just say that, you know what, bro, I'm not here for, for you because, or I'm not here to, to work with you because I feel guilty. I'm here to work with you because I feel like we can share an identity, because I feel like through music, we can be united. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what mm-hmm. you're already doing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just making sure that like, you know, it's something that's, that's put out there that mm-hmm. one, to maybe the next, I don't know how many people would probably feel very apprehensive about receiving help because they feel like it's from a position of power and of privilege as opposed to, listen, I care about you as a person. That's why I'm here. So we can be friends, we can work together and we can improve each other as opposed to you feeling like I'm just here to give myself a pat on the back at the end of this whole thing and i know you're not you're not there to do it i'm just saying do you understand what i'm saying well i mean just like being in the communities as part of a phd study has such has such a big implication on the sustainability of the programs like i'm really scared like if i'm gone like the programs will end and i mean that's not you don't want that that's not the point like i would really like it to continue Mm. but it's always it's going to be very difficult if I, as a student, like take leadership. Mm, yeah. Because I'm not going to be here all the time. Yes, yes. So that's, that's also like been in the back of my mind. And I mean, also talking about power nations, like I'm including students in my research. And that also, like I really had, it, throughout my ethics application, had to declare that they won't be any power relations. I would mock the assignments or anything. Right. Or, so it's like it's like just power relations and especially with um doing participatory action research also comes with a lot of a lot of like you have really have to negotiate the roles and also the yeah the ethics so you have really good research but you also improve things for your participants and mm. yeah so now power relations are everywhere unfortunately they are they are uh, and but then i still think we can really work work with it instead of have it work against us you know we can definitely find success and i think what you're doing already is is something that's very interesting which is actually why the idea came to like have this conversation because as soon as we brought it up it was just like this is actually really cool and you know just on a lighter note though um are there are there any particular songs then are there particular dances that you feel like you know what this is my favorite i don't know it yet but i want to get into this i really want to we started with that yeah we definitely started with that one that was like the very start. I don't even know like how old I was when I heard that. Yeah. And there's a, another song that one guy does. It's like, um, about a fly. Um, oh man, dilele, digele, dilele, oh man, So. But that's like for the for the young kids. Like I really had to practice. I'm like. 
and I got as the one guy like can you just WhatsApp voice note me the, <laughs> the lyrics so I practiced because I had to go go in alone and I had to stand in for for one of the lectures yeah and so I'm like can you okay and then we get it and I'm like and I'm like Cindy can you just help me please okay yeah. let's go and then that you got lesson, it and yeah but that lesson was chaos anyway because I was alone and the that kids were busy that's, that's fine <laughs> so you can plan everything it can go like the opposite way yeah definitely so that's also definitely no that's true that's yeah. that's without a doubt but then now you have that memory now you have that experience yes. and it's I know, important I know, I know I know no 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 some songs and tomorrow. There you go. Yeah, but the problem is like I've learned like Mangone Pule, they've learned on the violin, so I never learned the words. Well, as long yeah. as you know how to play it. Listen, yeah. we're we're yeah. we're finding ways to to bridge that and I feel like that's that's a necessary step. Dancing, I'm like I'm not uh five people shouldn't dance, man. Uh, that's funny. That's funny because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That one is so tricky. But you know what? What's interesting is just a lot of... Listen, not even a lot of people. Like me in particular, I, I struggle to dance anyway. But you know what? It's fine. Um, it's okay. As long as we know that we find we other things dance. in common. Just, just we shouldn't dance. We know we should common. not dance. Yes. Uh, yes. We, we'll work on music. <laughs> We'll work on music, we'll work on yes, art. Yes, I'll, I'll work on my pronunciation. There yes, you go. Yes. There you go. And you need to understand, I think, um, that this is, this is something I've heard multiple times, um, but the idea holds, it holds true in any circumstance, and it is like no effort is wasted. And I felt like that was the most important thing I've heard when I heard it. You know, the idea just that, listen, whatever you do, whatever you, you're pushing, um, it might seem like it's minuscule, it might seem tiny, but in the grand scheme of things can create ripples that become huge waves. You know what I mean? So we need to understand that that's a constant, you know, so never ever feel like, okay, so what we're doing, it's only in this community or it's only in this place, you know? So... Yeah, no, I'll I'll also look at that. No, so we let's let's be mindful of that without a doubt. Just that, listen, there's always something to do. But then, to wrap things up, do you have any other thoughts? Any other things to add? Yeah, I think we should just be authentic, as you say. Like um, as you say, because you said that more, and I agree with it. I definitely agree with it. Um, I think authenticity and also just being aware. I think. I think awareness, like even if we can't change, like you know the power relations that we talked about, and also the legacy of apartheid. Like I mean, these are so these are things that we are dealing with the South Africans. But I think we do need to be aware that people are experiencing life very very different, and I think if we are authentic and aware. And if we also try to really get to know people, then then we can like be aware and like as you say, they develop empathy yeah. for our fellow South Africans. And I don't know, it doesn't feel like such a big thing for me to get to know people. Like mm-hmm. it just starts with like greeting the lady at the library and asking her for Tswana lessons. Maybe it's just me who <laughs> can talk to strangers on the car train. I don't know. Some people struggle, but then other people don't. And then she always, and then she always, I was like, 
bitch talked to me and she wasn't there today, this morning at the library. I'm like, no, wait, is she? Like, I need to practice my tswana. <laughs> my, my five sentences of tswana that I know. But anyway, I just think, like, we should be just, like, ready. And it's really easy to build up awareness. I mean, we have the internet, we have yes. Google. There is Facebook groups. I've learned a lot from uh, a um, Facebook group called this dialogue thing. Yeah. Really intense sub- um, subjects of conversations, but that's made me aware of like the racial issues in South Africa. From, and there's been really, um, really productive conversations just like the one we're having today and so I can really recommend joining that group if you want to know more about um, race relations within the South African context and yeah I think we should just really if we do get to know each other authentically and um, with awareness we just know I think we we get both the shared values of like just knowing that we're all human, we all have the same. Like we just all wanna, wanna bed, we want food. Like yeah. we all have the yeah. same basic needs. Yeah. And like, and if you really get to know people, you just know that they all want, like the best life. They can, like we all have that ideal to live our best lives. For some people, it just might be more difficult and to to reach that reach that dream and that ideal. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, but I do. I'm really positive about my generation. Like, sometimes I'm not. Like, my my neighbor has an apartheid flag. That's and, wild. And, That's wild. And their Wi-Fi is Portuguese. Like, I can't deal. That's pretty hectic. Yes, I'm. I'm still f- trying to figure out the password. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I can totally piggyback on their Wi-Fi I because sure. I don't. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you have ideas, let me know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's all. Not good there. So I think there's also like the the negative side of my generation, but there's also the positive side. I've learned so much from my friends, just like um, you know about. As I as I said about authenticity and yeah. also, oh yeah, I I want to tell the story before we end. Oh, like no, my, no. <laughs> sorry, I'm getting cool. total sidetracked. Like my good friend, like joined a um, in Johannesburg. Like she joined a all black choir as yeah. a white person, mm. and apparently there were some people that had objections about that. Yeah, and so the leadership told them to if they have a problem they should leave because they're an inclusive choir and so now and actually I met some of some of the choir members and also at her birthday party and she's also told me a lot of stories and they're like really outstanding people mm. and so so supported my friend through through some tough times so I mean if that is not a, an example of music building social Already. cohesion like I don't know yeah anyway so yeah, I I think the more of the story is the takeaway, the point that I'm actually finally after so many minutes trying to make, is that I think we must just really authentically and get to know each other so we can really build awareness of how we can build social cohesion, and I think it's, it's we should not wait for like who are we waiting for? Like it's up to us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no thank you thank you thank you i agree completely and so 
you know, one thing for sure that I thought about as while you were speaking now is the fact that in the past, I think it's it's been difficult to have the conversation and to also include the bad side of mm. it. But yeah. when you speak of awareness, you know, you're making me understand as well and remember really that we need to discuss the good and the bad mm, and exactly. to acknowledge it. We're not saying that we're dwelling on all that is bad. We're dwelling on all the differences. And, and I think like, like we should like go white fragility. Like I mean, these conversations are going to be hard because like, I mean, yeah. we're dealing with like an intense, like some African countries were just co- colonialized. Yes. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But we like so. had colonialism and apartheid. I mean, that's like a lot a of lot. stuff to unravel. It's quite a lot, right? So, so, so I mean, these racial conversations are going to be hard, but we need to have them. Otherwise, we're not going to move, move forward. Mm. And that's also relating to Susan King's mom's like, Madame Mandela TEDx talk. Like, I know it's not, the title is more controversial than the, <laughs> than the content. Yeah, the content is pretty, it's pretty fair, <laughs> pretty moderate. Yeah. And anyway, but... Um, so um, now I forgot the point that I was trying to make. I think we're saying um, that we need to have the conversations, and it's going to be difficult. Yes, I mean, like, like we do, we do need to to have these conversations and look just honestly and authentically at the issues at hand. Otherwise, I mean, we can forget about we can totally then forget about a rainbow nation if we're not going to work at it. And yeah. So let's let's embrace the discomfort, embrace the inconvenience, and then yeah. eventually yeah, we'll yeah. get to that cohesion. Yes, hopefully. All right. Well, Joy, thank you for joining me, and yeah. hopefully uh-huh. we could uh-huh. have. <laughs> that's uh-huh. not the joke. That was not a joke. <laughs> but it's hopefully we can, we can definitely have the discussion yeah, again. In, in hopefully, a while. when I have a PSP in my pocket. That's what we're saying. That's yeah. what we're looking for. Um, right. Yeah. Thank you, Toto. It's been like a Toto. I'm sounding so good. <laughs> Very, like, pretentious. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we'll, so we'll discuss that afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you too. And to all our listeners, thank you for listening. Bye.